I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And I'm Kelly Kleiman. And we're the Dueling Critics. Welcome to our weekly podcast of reviews and news about Chicago theater. And today we're going to try something a little different. Often when Jonathan and I disagree, I wonder if we've seen the same play. Well, this week we actually haven't seen the same play. And so each of us is going to report on something that we think worthwhile in the Chicago theater scene. Jonathan is starting with Laughter on the 23rd Floor. And Jonathan, I'm not a big Neil Simon fan, so tell me what there is to say about this and why it's worthwhile. Well, Laughter on the 23rd Floor is a little slice of history. It's fictionalized, but nonetheless, Neil Simon's memoir play of the period in the early 1950s when he was the youngest member of the writing staff for your show of shows, Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca, one of the legendary early pioneering comedy variety shows. And the writer's room included people like Mel Brooks and Woody Allen and Mel Tolkien, people who went on to legendary careers writing comedy. This is a play that in some ways is a continuation of Neil Simon's autobiographical series of plays, Brighton Beach Memoirs. Uh, I wondered about that. Right, the, uh, the World War II play, Broadway Bound, which was the last of them. All of Neil Simon's plays are very, very ha-ha funny. But when he was mature and confident and successful, he started drawing much more specifically on his autobiographical stuff. And that's when his writing took really a quantum leap ahead. Not merely funny, haha, funny, but also deeper, much more character-based. It is not Sid Caesar he is writing about. It is a fictional television comedian named Max Prince. And they are a wild bunch, Max Prince and his seven writers, six men and one lone female. People have asked Neil Simon whether this play really is true, whether what he is portraying actually happens. Happened. And this response has been, none of it happened, all of it is true, which is the idea that it is based on the characters and personalities. It is not based on one-line jokes. There are a lot of funny lines, but they are all really in the service of constructing characters because it is a memoir seen through perhaps a bit of sentiment and soft focus. Right, rose-colored glasses, yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Now, you know, what could be possibly bad about spending an evening with Mel Brooks and Woody Allen? But what is Laughter on the 23rd Floor actually about? I mean, it can't be just a day in the life of a writer's room. Yes, it is. Oh, really? It's a day or actually about a six months or nine months in the life of the writer's room. Max Prince is the most brilliant and gifted comedian on television, as Sid Caesar actually was. He is also beset by demons, by drink and pills. He is a prickly personality. Also, the conflicts, loving conflicts between the writers, the constant effort to top the other one who's going to be the funniest one in the bunch on any particular day. This is presented by Eclectic Full Contact Theater Company, a relatively new company. They've been around for about three years now, and they're presenting Laughter on the 23rd Floor in one of the studio theaters at the Athenaeum. They do a damn good job with it. Okay. Uh, the lead actor playing Max Prince looks nothing at all like Sid Caesar, who was a burly bear of a man. As portrayed by Michael Woods, he is rail thin. But he has an intense focus that sometimes is scary and can turn on you in pleasure or in anger, like turning on a dime. The other members of the cast are all 
competent and capable to very, very good. And they put their heart into it. They put their focus into this production of Laughter on the 23rd Floor. I laughed out loud a couple of times, though it was more an enjoyment of the species of the television comedy writer. Sitting in the Eclectic Theater on the opening night, it is possible that I was the only person old enough to actually remember seeing the original Your Show of Shows when it was live. I am sure that that's true. Though there is a great deal of it now available on uh, YouTube and well worth watching because Sid Caesar and Imogene Coco were brilliant, not simply gifted at dialogue and jokes, but so much of their humor is based on physical, even wordless comedy. So it is my recommendation this week, Neil Simon's Laughter on the 23rd Floor. It's directed by David Bellew, the eclectic Full Contact Theater Company. Full Contact is part of their aesthetic. It doesn't mean that they actually lay hands upon their audience. Uh, Eclectic Full Contact Theater Company. Laughter on the 23rd floor at the Athenaeum running through June 29th. Kelly, what's on your plate? Well, I have something completely different. This is the world premiere of a play called Tyrant, written by Kathleen Ackerley and co-directed by Ackerley and Megan Smith, who are both members of the Sideshow Theatre Company, which is presenting the piece. This is a very thought-provoking, dystopian piece. In the future, Congress has cured homelessness by making homeless people available as slaves, although they're careful not to use that term, to people who will, in return for work, offer them food and shelter. The central character is Martin, and Martin imagines himself to be a virtuous and kind master, and even spends a lot of time sort of distancing himself from the concept of master, and encouraging his two servants, Regina and Leon, to address him by his first name and not be so polite, as though the power differential between them could actually be eradicated just by being a nice guy. Martin has started hallucinating on the massage table. Both Regina and Leon are his massage therapists. And so he started hallucinating and causing them to take notes about what he's doing because he imagines he's on the verge of some sort of wonderful breakthrough in which he will see all of life complete. Meanwhile, what's going on is that he owns a couple of slaves and when one of them gets injured, he balls her out for getting injured instead of being concerned about what happens to her. The portrayal of an authoritarian state is extremely well done. And although I don't ordinarily notice sets, the set is elegant. Although it works perfectly functionally as Martin's office, as the massage room, as the kitchen, it seems like an isolation ward in a mental hospital. Kelly, in this dystopian universe, the homeless become slaves. Is this a permanent condition or are they more like indentured servants who eventually earn their freedom? No, it really is slavery. And at one point, Martin says to his slaves, You know, of course, you don't have the rights that free people, I mean, landed people have. So it really is a a piece about euphemism and how we can persuade ourselves that what we're doing, no matter how loathsome, 
is really made okay because we're such good people or our intentions are so good, and yet, of course, participating in a system of slavery compromises you completely. The second act of the play is about the way the compromises that Martin has made sooner or later come around to bite him when he's confronted by a slave who is a counselor and therefore authorized to tell him the truth, he has a nervous breakdown. It is a really intellectually solid play. It's very exciting. It's a completely realized universe. And as I say, Kat Chow, the scenic designer, has managed to make physical what Kathleen Ackerley has made manifest in the text of this piece. Tyrant runs through June 29th. It's at Theater Wit on Belmont, and it is really an exceptional piece. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's as smart as they come without being agitprop. And it's presented at the Theater Wit by Sideshow Theater Company. By Sideshow Theater Company, and to my dismay, only running through June 29th because it's something that should be widely seen. The Dueling Critics Podcast is a production of Miracle Podcasts. Remember, if it's a good podcast, it's a miracle. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or go to duelingcritics.net and click subscribe by email to have us delivered to your mailbox hot and fresh every Friday morning. You can also listen to our back catalog in SoundCloud, follow us on Twitter at Dueling Critters, and like us on Facebook. Most important, you can hear us on alternate Sundays on 90.9 FM, WDCB, at 8 a.m., where we are a segment on the arts section. I'm Kelly Kleiman. And you can read Kelly's work at HuffingtonPost.com and at ChicagoNow.com slash The Nonprofiteer. I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And you can read Jonathan at WindyCityTimes.com, TheaterMania.com, and Footlights.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.